Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody it's rich wilson welcome to fantasy baseball live it is friday the 12th of february two days away from valentine's day so if you're listening to this on valentine's day what are you doing that's not a good thing is it to be listening to two guys talk about baseball on valentine's day uh no my suggestion would be valentine's day is the ultimate suck-up day okay you're just we're heading into spring training okay there's lots of signings lots of stuff happening but you got to set yourself up, okay, for draft season. And to successfully set yourself up for draft season, uh, sucking up on Valentine's Day is imperative, okay? You blow it on Valentine's Day, uh, I, you know, hey, I wish you all the best with draft season because it's it's not going to be pretty rich. It, yeah. It just see, see, for me, my wife's birthday is three days after that. So we typically mm. do a bigger birthday thing and a lighter right. Valentine's Day thing but uh you know it, it all it all works out i guess but uh how's how's your week been ah week's been good uh i uh i've been trying to follow all of the 817 signings that have occurred this week uh everybody is scrambling to find a job right now minor league deals all over the place uh the weather uh, consistent in the minus 40 to minus 45 range just been brutal i haven't I haven't gone outside, but for one quick trip uh, earlier in the week, Rich. And uh, the other news of interest is uh, labor is firing up on Tuesday. And again, I'm very, very happy and proud to be re- representing Prospect 361 on Tuesday night. Uh, and, should and be fun. What, and what? Boy, you just you just brought up a lot of stuff. And uh, yes, and what? I did. What is your draft <laughs> slot? <laughs> My draft slot is lucky thirteen, Rich. Ah, that was my draft slot uh, for the NFPC. I'll send you my uh, my draft selection, and don't let this happen to you. That's, that's what it should <laughs> well, Thanks, Rich. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, after a run of drafting either one or two the past three years, uh, hey, it was it was due to come around, and this year it is. And, yeah, you know, drafting right before me is Steve Gardner from USA Today. Right after me is Fred Zinke at the, the wheel, who won it last year. So I get defending champs all I'm surrounded, Rich. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a handful. Have you won that league or second? I know you've gotten second. Uh, no, three years I've got a second, third, and a fifth. Okay, that's 
good, good, solid finishes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you need to win. I know I do. Yes, I'm. I'm <laughs> or, thinking. Or you yeah. might be representing somebody else. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. I'll call that garage in Philadelphia or wherever it is and see if they'll sponsor exactly. me. Rich. Exactly. <laughs> that landscaping place. Yeah, uh, they'll probably be up for it. So, have you have you thought about thirteenth? First of all, when is the draft? The draft is the 16th. It's on Tuesday evening at 8 o'clock, and it'll be carried on Sirius XM. And there's a there's a live link to the uh, draft board. Oh, so you you it's soon. So you you've got to start thinking about this. Have you so have you given any thoughts about what you're going to do in your first couple of picks? Well, uh, sit and wait basically, and and see what uh, falls in my direction. I am. I'm really thinking that I'm gonna go starting pitcher and then bat, and I'm leaning towards Trevor Bauer with that first pick. That's what I did. That's exactly what I did. And then I went Manny Machado with my second pick. I was hoping. I think I told you I had five players in my Manny Machado was my fifth player, and but that's mm-hmm. who I got. So. Uh, there was Francisco Lindor was available. I could have taken him in the first round, but I I went mm-hmm. I went with Bauer. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see what happens. You know, I've got I've got four picks, and then it comes back to me, and basically I'll look at five different options, uh, much the same as you did, and take the best of them. Uh, one player I'd love to see fall to me with that pick would be uh, Bo Bichette. But I have a feeling that's not going to happen. He did in the NFBC. He was available. He went after. Hmm. I took uh, Manny Machado in front of him. Yeah, I have a hard time passing on Bo Bichette, the power and the speed. One of the problems drafting at the back of the first round is obviously all all the stud five cat guys are gone. And uh, I don't want to leave that second round uh, without some speed. Now, how much speed? Well, that depends on how silly I feel on draft night. But uh, yeah, if, if if I may add, having mm-hmm. done this in the thirteenth slot, also yeah. the third pick. If you do two bats, mm-hmm. the pitcher you have to wait a long time for a pitcher, and there's going to be you're going to have to compromise on the guys on your on your starting pitcher. That's why one of those first two pitches pitch picks have really got to be a pitcher. Um, and you have to think that the other two guys are thinking that as well. So you might be able to get the best pitcher on the board and still come up with a decent bat. Because again, there were like Jose Ramirez was there, Francisco Lindor was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, Manny Machado was there. There was a lot of good picks. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not too concerned about the about the bat, but uh, you know, I guess one one of my big concerns is. If Bauer is gone by then, and there's no ruling that out as an option, you know, I'm I'm betting on only three starting pitchers being off the board in the first twelve picks. If a fourth pitcher goes, I might there's an outside possibility I could end up with Trevor Story, and then I'd look at a pitcher with my second pick. Yeah, you know, again, you just have to wait and see what uh, what shakes down, eh? Yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 interesting. I don't. I do worry about Trevor Story. I hear they they keep saying they're they're going to uh, try to re-sign him. I mean, you worry that there's a fire sale at some point. If he moves from Colorado, you're not going to be happy with that. Well, yeah. And did you hear what they did this week? 
Timmy, as I, as, as I told you as we were prepping, <laughs> I've been in construction hell in my house this week so with pillows everywhere. So I haven't had a chance to do I've much. I've seen the pillows. Have you yeah, seen the no, pillows? They... Yeah, you've, I've sent yeah. Tim a picture of my pillows. I'm going to send – I'm going to post that on Twitter – one of mm-hmm. my uh, bathtubs or showers that's full of pillows, just so everybody knows what I'm dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like a handful, Rich. Uh, no, but the Rockies signed Greg Bird, and I'm sure some way yes. we'll find you know they'll they'll find a way to to cut into Hampton's playing time, right? I I saw that. Hampton's. I yeah, yeah I I you know yeah. look I just being facetious of course. No, I know, but I think it's an interesting pick by them. I, I look, I I never thought he was as good as he showed in those first that first mm-hmm. month of the season and you know, it, mm-hmm. it all came back, you know, that he was just he's just an average player. So, but you know, he's got some pop and if he gets some playing time, he could hit some home runs, so you never know. Well, yeah, and those that invested in Josh Fuentes now have more reason to sweat than they did when they picked him, right? I I don't think anybody invested in josh fuentes did they yeah i think they did and drafted really? holds yeah really? yeah i kid you not all right let's see I'm, i got my draft <laughs> board up here hey you're right okay. josh josh fuentes boy timmy you're right he went in the 34th round in my my nfbc draft <laughs> oh yeah but that was that was early rich that <laughs> was january 1st. people came to their senses a couple of weeks <laughs> after that, i don't i i'm not buying anybody was believing josh fuentes was going to get playing time so so yeah so just so you know timmy this is just one draft four pitchers mm-hmm. win in the first 13 picks i was obviously trevor bauer uh garrett right. cole shane bieber jacob Degrom, all yeah. went and actually the first six picks yeah i I don't think they'll go that early in this one. I, I think what you'll see is you'll see the big four or five bats go, and then you'll see, you know, DeGrom, Cole, and Bieber. That's nine. Uh, yeah, I, I doubt that a fourth one goes. It's possible, but if it does, hey, I'm, I'm willing to entertain That means action. you're going to have a better action, a better bat available. So just so exactly. you know, Timmy Ramirez was on the board, Freddie Freeman, Bo Bichette, Francisco Lindor, and Manny mm-hmm. Machado were all on the board when I selected Trevor Bauer, and they all went. Lindor, Bichette, Freeman, and, and Ramirez, who I had ahead mm-hmm. of Machado, went to the last two picks. And I was surprised that they did not select a pitcher. And then their two pitchers they selected in the third oh. round were Blake Snell and Kenta Maeda. So yeah. they could have had Darvish, Bueller. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, so we'll see how it works out for them. Yeah, I'd I'd be happy with Blake Snell in the third round. I might go back to back starting pitchers and then another bat in four. But if Snell's there, he'd be very tempting for me in the uh, third round. Now this was before he he got traded to the Padres. I bet you he's right. going earlier now. Yeah, I would think that's a good possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Timmy, we will yeah, be, rooting, be fun. We'll be rooting you on, uh, and uh, and we'll we'll see how it how it all goes. I know you will select a great team, and you can really only script the first two picks, and then after that, it's you're 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 going by what's happening in the draft. Yeah, it's yeah. You're looking at your first two picks and trying to sort them out, and that sets the tone and the pattern for the uh, for the rest of the evening, and you just go from there. Uh, uh, you know, saves is going to be a saves is going to be a challenge. Uh, uh, catchers. Speaking, speaking uh, of speaking of saves, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of saves, 
uh, again, I've been in construction hell this week, and Tim told me that the Padres signed Mark Melanson to a yes. contract, and I asked, is he going to close? I asked it as a question, and the answer was? Yes, I believe he will. I think Drew Palmer Ansel, uh, he will get some saves. But I think uh, I think the Padres would be happier with him in the in, in the eighth inning uh, in the eighth inning role. So uh, those that drafted Drew Pomeranz, I'd be a little bit concerned with the news uh, we got today. Have Have the uh, Padres indicated who they want to be the closer? Uh, I don't believe I've seen anything. But again, this just happened in the past hour and a half, so I'll have to. Have to have to check it out and and see what the Padres are saying. I haven't seen anything official from them. No. Yeah. Well, I guess let me see how much they, he got. He they signed him for. I guess that'll tell us. Mm. Do you know? Was it one year deal or what? Uh, again, I just caught that they signed him and no specifics. Well, Pending the physical sources tell the Atlantic that was uh, Ken Rosenthal an hour ago. So there's absolutely nothing there in terms of how long he signed. And how they might use them. I think if you're drafting tonight, you would assume that Mark Melance would be the closer. He's been a proven closer for years and was the closer in Atlanta last year when they had Will Smith, who was also a lot of people thought he would close to start the season. Yeah, I was sort of surprised that Melanson didn't end up back with the Braves. But I guess the Braves are are happy with a, you know, with a a Smith, uh, maybe Chris Martin. Yeah. situation there so again there's a, there's another picture that's uh, whose stock i think has been a little bit off the radar but should be elevated a little bit it's chris martin in atlanta yeah. he's pitched very well uh, recently so again somebody uh for those drafting in the next week or two somebody to keep your eye on i think closer this year is going to be a nightmare i think uh-huh. i and i think going forward it's going to be a nightmare so I, I, I think we're going to spend countless hours talking about it on this show, and I think people are going to have agenda all year long about the, the closer by committees, and it's going to be tough, Tim. Yeah, that, that's why I, I think a closer like, uh, oh, uh, let me see. When you, when you look at, not, maybe not Chapman, okay? Uh, because I have, I have some concerns, concerns with Chapman from a – you know, from a from a health, he's starting to get a little yeah. bit yeah, long I mean, in the tooth, and I, I sort of like Zach Britton there because I think he's going to pick up five uh-huh. to ten saves. Sure, but when, when you start looking at say Racio Iglesias, he's a guy that I think is worthy of a little bit of elevating maybe on the draft chart simply because I I don't he's got no competition. He's a proven closer. And I think Madden will use him as such in the ninth inning on a consistent basis. So, you know, where he might have been a mid-pack type closer two, three years ago, I think he's very close to being top five heading into this year. Yeah, I think when you when we talk closers in a couple of weeks tomorrow, or excuse me, Sunday, we will be talking uh, outfield. And that'll probably be two shows, but we're going to record it all on Sunday. And, uh, you know, so in two weeks from there, we'll be talking closers. And we really need to focus on those guys, Tim, that you think can be 40 save guys. And I don't think there's many. And those are the ones that have to be elevated. And they might not be the best pitcher. No, they might not. I, you know, when I look right now, Josh Hader is going off the board either as, you know, one of the top 
two catchers, I'll say, in the game right now. But what happens if the Brewers Closer. decide to trade him? Closer. Yeah. You said, you said catcher. Oh, did I say catcher? <laughs> that's okay, a, yeah, that, That's okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got the strikeouts, which you like, which, you know, you get the elevation. But I, I would be worried about Devin Williams and be worried about him getting moved. Well, yeah, and, you know, I, I feel safer with Iglesias than I do Hader. And you're going to pay much more of a price for Hader. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, I like Iglesias a lot because I think so, he's got the job and he'll do it. So I, I like what you're thinking because you would think that it, it you would think that the uh, Angels wouldn't throw in the towel unless it's really, really bad till the very, very end of the eligibility. So you would think he'd be the closer for quite a while. You have to believe he's going to be effective. You can never really count on injuries except in the Chapman case. So, yeah, I like your thinking there. Yeah, and, and there's some other closers that I think are in fairly solid situations, uh, you know, for later on. And, you know, once I start assembling my list, you know, Liam Hendricks is obviously going to be uh, one of the top two or three off the board. Uh, Edwin Diaz, he concerns me. You know, the Mets have plenty of options sitting there should he struggle. Uh, he's str- he struggled uh, since he got there, Tim. He is, he's not the same guy. No, and he's going as a top five closer. Yeah. Well, yeah. So right. I think I think it's going to be a nightmare this year because somebody's mm. going to have spent a lot of money on Edwin Diaz, and you're going to look up at midseason, Seth Lugo's going to have more saves than he does. Well, and Kenley Jansen's going at 51. I buy that, that more does... than I buy that more than Edwin Diaz. Uh, yeah, I, I agree there. Um, uh, Trevor Rosenthal's one of your top 10, uh, closers and he hasn't signed a contract yet. Yeah. It, you know, call, call him a, call going as a top 10 closer and he's sharing the job with the incumbent, uh, Rogers in Minnesota. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It, uh, uh, it could be just a total disaster. You know, a closer like Craig Kimbrell, if he regains his form, yeah. the Cubs are going to move him, right? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to regain his form. I mean, what's the likelihood of that happening? I think it's very low. To me, to me, the answer is very simple. you got to move to a bullpen in your fantasy leagues, right? I mean, that's where the game yep. has moved to. Uh, and you, you, can't, you can't have a game where you're spending 6% of your thought process on one aspect of the game. And in the whole scheme of things, statistically, it's it's one-tenth, if you're playing a rotisserie league, it's one-tenth yeah. of the statistics. It just doesn't make any yeah. sense. No, you're spending 60%, 50-60% of your fab on 10% of your counting categories. Right. It yeah, should, no, It should be it's... like a kicker in, uh, in football, where you spend very little time thinking about your kicker, unless he's like, oh, he's not very good, let me bring in another guy. And that should well, be what closers are, not like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm mapping out spreadsheets to figure out who's going to take <laughs> over his job. And, you know, oh, he's going against lefties, uh, you know, guys that hit lefties really well this this week. So I, I got to put the other guy. In. I mean, that's nonsense. Well, yeah, I you're preaching to the choir there, Rich. And, and you know it because of the of your dynasty leagues. Uh, well, I've adopted which, it. But like, why hasn't talent yeah. and, and labor? I mean. They're supposed to be setting the industry standards, right? So let's step up. 
Yeah, I totally agree. One of the problems is a lot of people are are moving to a saves hold format and ranking holds at the same level. Well, you can get upwards of three holds in a game. I don't believe a hold should be weighted the same as a save. I think the save should be weight, uh, should be weighted higher just by the nature of that particular function. Ending the game, the last pitch, the last out, and the fact that there is only one save per game versus multiple holds. But again, it's uh, it's it's an uphill battle, but it's one I'm going to fight uh, as long as I'm playing this game, Rich. And I will be I will definitely be bringing it up in as many of my leagues as I possibly can, looking to the future. Yeah, I, I think it makes I, sense. Having played in now for a number of years with the, the format, Tim is right. You, you want to have some stress, right? It, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. you know, hold is the same as saves because Iglesias should be more valuable than you know the guy who's pitching the sixth inning. He should be right. Yeah. And, and Pierce and, Johnson, Pierce Johnson is not as valuable as Josh Hader. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, so you got to find the balance. And I think what Tim has come up and it's his formula, right? Uh, one point for a save and a half point for a hold feels like about the right, because then you feel like you got to have, I mean, it still makes closers more valuable and you want to trade for those, but it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to trade the, I'm going to trade everybody I got to bring in that closer. And the next week he's not going to have the job. And that's no fun. Well, no, it isn't. And uh, at one point in time, there were enough uh, solid, good closers out there that you could sort of work with it. But we're now at the stage where there's very few. And the game has changed. And it's frustrating. You know, it it really is frustrating and unnecessary as far as I'm concerned. I agree with everything you said. And, yeah, let's let's hope that as we move forward... Uh, we see some progressive uh, action as far as how we deal with the bullpen component of our game. We're a third of the way done, Tim, and we have yet to get to any of the notes. Let's take a quick break and talk about the Benatendi trade. Sounds (laughs) good, Rich. (laughs) With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fantasy Baseball Live, February 12, 2021, at 11 a.m. That's what it says at the top. It's 4 o'clock, so we're not even on time to do the thing. And then the first <laughs> thing we were going to talk about was the Red Sox move, Andrew Ben attending the three-way deal. And we talked instead we talked about closers, your labor, picking 13th, who to pick, what's your strategy, and 
couple of other things. I, I don't even remember, Timmy, but... <laughs> I think we're in the process of redefining the term off the rails. Yeah, right, <laughs> I, off I think the we're rails. taking it to, to a whole new level today, but uh, interesting discussion, and, and one that I think our listeners will uh, hopefully uh, share our thoughts on. Let's talk about this Benintendi trade, and and I've been curious. I mean, so I spent a few yeah. minutes on it, and so here here's how it goes. So the Red Sox move Andrew Benintendi, and he goes to the uh, Royals, and it's a three way deal uh, with the Mets. The Mets jump in for I'm not sure why, but they decided to jump in. So the Red Sox receive for Andrew Benintendi, Franchi Cordero, and a minor leaguer right handed pitcher called Josh Winkowski. He comes from the Mets. The Mets received outfield prospect Khalil Lee, who can really fly, can't make a lick yep. of contact. And the Red Sox also supposed to get uh, three players to be named later. Mm-hmm. It's a curious uh, trade for me, Timmy, because, look, you got to be somewhat happy for Andrew Benatitti, the ball player. He, he really needs a fresh start. But mm-hmm. did the Red Sox, like, I know you're supposed to buy low and sell high. Didn't they sell low on the guy? Um, well, some would say they sold low. I guess it depends on who you believe Andrew Benintendi is. And I know fans of the Boston Red Sox believe the they gave up on him. Okay, and they sold incredibly low. Uh, you know, I've I've heard the you know, the money being, you know, coming into play, et cetera, et cetera. But when you look at what Ben Attendee's done over the past couple of years, they're paying, they're paying 6.6 million for, well, Hey, yeah, his numbers, his numbers pretty well speak for themselves, especially last year. So I, I don't think the Red Sox sold low on him. I think they moved a player that they no longer believe will be an asset to their club. That's not selling low per se. That's it's a salary dump. So, the, yeah, the, the Red Sox did a salary dump, Tim. Because Franchi Cordero, yeah, I know. I mean, you can. I mean, Franchi Cordero is a nice little player. I've always liked him, but he's a fourth outfielder. I mean, he's a plug-in guy. When a guy gets hurt, he come in and play three weeks and seal a few bases, get a couple of hits. He's not a full-time guy. And who that's knows? That's assuming this... he's not. That's assuming he's not hurt. Rich. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Fran- so, Franchi has a history there, right? <laughs> so I don't know what they're paying uh, uh, Franchi Cordero, but it's got to be less than six point six. I mean, it's just weird, Tim. You know, like. And the Kansas City Royals are actually picking up a bigger contract. I mean, that's weird, too. Well, yeah, and obviously they're willing to take a chance, okay, on Ben Benintendi bouncing back and returning to form. Only time will tell on on that one. But, you know, who's to say Franchi Cordero right now isn't a better player than Andrew Benintendi? I, I, I know. You know, I, I, <laughs> you know? I, I, I can't believe... The guy that first round draft pick that looked so good in his early in his career just yeah. hit a wall and, and can't play anymore. I, I, I'm struggling to believe that. Well, it, it is tough to believe. But, you know, when you start looking at from about the second half of 2018, okay, because the second half of 2018 wasn't good, he quit running. Okay, the overall numbers don't look bad, but I think he only stole three bases in the second half. You go to 2019 and basically a full season, 541 at-bats, 13 homers. 
struck out 140 times. The K's went through the roof, the walks fell, and he stole 10 bases. And then we don't even have to talk about last year, his four for 39 season, uh, and ending early. Uh, yeah, I. So I here's don't know a, what the, has I, happened I to Andrew Benatendi, but it's he's not the same player we saw in 2017 in the first half of 2018. Not the same player. Here's a guy that, when he first came into the league, was striking out 20 percent of the time, and then he yep. got into a groove, 17, 16 percent, and it looked like, you know, I mean, in, in those 2017 and 18, I mean, it was it was a 17 percent strikeout rate and a 10 percent yep. walk rate. 2020 guy and you're thinking wow okay and you know he's yeah. going to slow down as okay i get that right i mean but yeah. it's the strikeout rate that has just crept up and i mean last year was such a small sample size i mean who knows yeah. but it, it's but what, what was it in 2019 close to 30 no 22.8 so 23 percent which is a you know almost a 50 percent increase from what he was doing the last two years so i mean it, it was it was not good and it was across 138 games 615 plate appearances yeah no and uh again i know last year is a small sample size but it can't inspire confidence can it you well, hope. especially looking at it in respect to 2019 you you hope with a guy like ben attendee that he starts off as a 2020 guy and eventually becomes a 25-10 guy, right? That's what your hope. That the power increases, you know you're going to see a reduction in speed. But to see a guy go from a 2020 guy to a 10-10 guy, that's not good. <laughs> and, well, and, yeah. And hit what? And he's, only, two? he's only 26, okay? And he's not a big guy. He's 5'9", okay? Mm-hmm. Why is the speed even dropping off into his age 25 and 26 seasons? Is you know is there something wrong with the wheels? You know is there know. you know leg issues we don't know about? Because it's not like he's a big lumbering type player. One would think that those stolen bases should remain fairly intact. I would I would say until his twenty twenty nine thirty age seasons, right? Yeah, I mean it could be that the the Red Sox didn't want to run him. I don't know, but he was you know he was striking out so much they probably just went once he got on base it was you know that's what they wanted. Let's look at Franchi Cordero. I mean his problem, yeah. Tim, is he just he barely has enough. Uh, he's only got. I'm mean, looking at his plate. He's had thirteen hundred three hundred fifteen plate appearances. That's it. Yeah, health. That's issues, in his right? career. Yeah, it's in his career. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, 38 last year, 15 the year before, 139 and 20. Yeah, it's... Yeah, but yeah. it's a it's a 35% strikeout rate. I mean, he's always struck out a lot, and that's, that's his problem. I mean, there's just too much swing and miss, but he's got he's got more power than Ben Attendee, probably faster than Ben Attendee, so he's got a little bit more... He's got a little more interesting fantasy tools. He just strikes out a ton. Well, exactly, and right now it appears as if we're looking at a situation where... Uh, Hunter Renfro and Franchi Cordero are both going to be starting in that outfield, spelled occasionally by Marwin Gonzalez, who signed this week. Uh, there's a lot of there's so a give, lot of give, give me the moves. outfield and give me the outfield again in Boston. Uh, Verdugo surrounded by Renfro and Cordero, Cordero with uh, JD Martinez DHing, and in the order, catch this act. You, you'll love this. Okay. Uh, six, seven, and eight in that order right now is penciled in as Renfro, Cordero, and Bobby Dahlbeck. Wow. 
Wow. Over or under of... on six six hundred strikeouts. It's gonna be a lot of over twelves, man. That's a, you know, that's just gonna be that's gonna be tough. I mean that's this is this is the Boston Red Sox we're talking about, right? This is a storied franchise. Uh yes, and the story is not getting good right now. <laughs> it's not Wow. Wow. No. This is what happens yeah, when you a... sign uh, all these bad contracts and they've all come back to haunt them. And now they've, they've, they've got to get un, out from under it. And selling off a $6.6 million Benintendi contract is, is a start to how you get out from under it. Well, yeah. You know, you're looking at Verdugo and Bogarts and Raphael Devers 1 through 3, J.D. Martinez in the 4 spot, then Vasquez, and then a ton of strikeouts to down to Enrique Hernandez. Uh, hitting in the nine spot, and uh, I, I'm certain as, as far as the Red Sox, once Jeter Downs is available, then Hernandez becomes sort of a super sub, spending probably more time in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 if they want to bring up Jeter Downs this year, I mean, that's that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So uh, let's see, who do the F sign? You know, let's see here. They've got uh, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, He's owned a lot of it. Nate Avaldi, that was a good sign. You know, Nate Avaldi, guess what year they have to pay Nate Avaldi through? I have no idea, but I'm thinking it's a ways down the road. 2024 at 20 mil per year. That was a great signing. Uh, Dustin mm. Pedroia is still being paid, but uh, assuming they mm. figure something out yes. with him. So that's it. They they Let's see if they're paying anybody. Uh, oh, they still have to pay part of David Price's uh, salary. Only $16 million the- there. So, yeah, and Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards is paying a few bucks too, as well. I would think. Yeah. So they don't have a ton committed to 2021. That's that's really curious. I don't know, Tim. And I this think, is the last year for for Martinez. Eh? I believe he's finished as of this year. Yeah, that is. It's JD Martinez is paid through 2022. He's got two years this year and next. He's good. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah, opt out. Yeah, that, that opt out and did not opt out. Um, I think Jackie Bradley Jr. comes back. I mean, because he seems to be the odd man out. And again, he's a he's a Boris client as well. So, uh, you know, so he's trying to hold out for as much money as he can get. I think the only place he can get that is in Boston. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then you can look at platooning Renfro and Cordero, right? Yep. I mean, Renfro should be a platoon guy. And Franchi should be a platoon guy on the bad side. So that feels like more the right mix to me with Kiki Hernandez, your primary second baseman until they want to give Jeter Downs a shot. Well, and by that time, uh, which could be the all-star break, one of the two of Cordero or Renfrew could be on the IL, probably Cordero, and Renfrew will have uh, struck out uh, 125 times. So Khalil Lee is an interesting prospect for me. He's got good speed, but doesn't have a ton of power. And he just strikes mm-hmm. out to me. I mean, it's crazy. It's a 30% strikeout rate. I mean, right. and usually you see the 30% strikeout rate with guys that hit 30 home runs, and you just kind of accept it. You don't see it with a guy who hits five to eight home runs and steals mm-hmm. a bunch of bases. So I, I don't even know if he's a legitimate Major League Baseball player. Well, yeah, I I sort of had him ranked uh not overly high, but I had him ranked so as I thought we might see him in Kansas City this year, okay? Mm-hmm. As soon as the trade was announced, uh, he's not going to have a downsh- chance at the Mets. No, I downshifted. I downshifted. Yeah, they, they, got, they got Nemo and they got Conforto and they got Dominic Smith mm-hmm. and they got Jonathan VR 
And they've got Albert Elmora Jr. who they've signed. Okay. And then moving down to, uh, they've also signed uh, Jose Martinez. They mm-hmm. have Guillermo Heredia on the roster. So what, how, how many uh, how many roster Malik's, spots are there available, Timmy? Is it forty? Are they up to playing forty guys on the on the team now at a time? Uh, just uh, just in the outfield. Uh, Malik <laughs> just, Smith is also. Is Malik he? Smith is signed. Uh, uh, Brandon Jury is signed. Uh, uh, yeah, the odds of Khalil Lee seeing any at bats this year are somewhere between nil and less. How's he might that? not even make the AAA roster. I think a lot of guys going to be in the AAA team that you just mentioned. I mean, Brandon Jury's for one. He's not going to make the. He's not going to make the team. No. No, and, you know, Jose Peraza is in that situation, too. They signed Jose Peraza. And, you know, so their triple-A team is, is going to be a good team. Yeah. You know, Jose Martinez will be there, and Drury, and uh, Jose Peraza, Jose well, Martinez, I think, I think, I mean, Alex uh, Smith. You know, they'll I mean, all be there. If I'm running the Mets, it's not a bad bad plan is to get proven Major League guys on your taxi squad, otherwise known yeah. as triple-A, and... Right. And, you know, because they want to compete and there's guys are going to get hurt and they want to be able to bring in Jose Peraza and say, we need you for three weeks. Go out and play. Yeah, yeah and that's exactly what they're doing. Go out and play. And here's the important part. Don't suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't want you to be good. We just don't want you to suck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, Timmy, yeah. the, the rest of the show, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be answering listener questions. Are you ready, my friend? Yeah, I I certainly am. Oh, let me let's do one and then we'll we'll go and take a break. Oh, here's okay. a here's a good one. MT Coleman. Would you MT ever Coleman. can Yeah, I don't know what is. That's that's what his Twitter handle says. MT says, "Would you ever consider going catcherless on a team, meaning invest elsewhere that will get you better productivity?" So, I'm assuming you have to play you have to play a catcher or a lot of times it errors out. So you would just pick up any catcher last guy, like your kicker in football. You pick the last guy, uh, last player on your draft and he's your catcher. Would you ever go that way, Tim? Um, I would go with, uh, I would go with a situation where, uh, I'm looking at, a couple of solid second catchers, but philosophically, I sort of have a problem with the concept of going catcherless, like drafting a couple of retired catchers or somebody you know who's not going to get any at bats. You know, when we put together the game, I, I understand what you're attempting to do, but is it is it right in the context of the way our game was put together and assembled? Uh, no. You know, our, the game was designed so that you either have a catcher or two catchers. It wasn't designed to find a way around that. So I tend to look at that from the perspective of this is how our game is set up. I'm not going to try and circumvent the rules. I'm not going to try and play any games. I'm going to deal with the fact that we have to have two catchers and deal with it in the manner that I think is best for my overall team. So so you, you have never considered it then? Well, hey, back in my back in my youth, I tried every and anything, and I might have tried it twenty years ago. Okay, but then the question of is it right? Is it something we should be striving to do to get around the rules? And I said no, and that's just the way you know I move forward with the game. If the rules say you have to have two catchers, 
have two catchers. You know, work with it. It, it might suck, but just just work with it, right? You know, back in the day, Timmy, before I, I got into the fantasy community uh, and found people to play, I mean, I played at the ESPN free leagues and the Yahoo free leagues, and you know, it was one catcher, uh, ten team leagues, twelve team. They're very very shallow. And you would just take the worst catcher, you know, the last catcher off the board, and that was your, that was your guy you plugged in. I mean, sometimes, you know, if it was daily moves, sometimes you would, you know, keep uh, not have a catcher. And I, you know, I I played it that way, and I just didn't like it. I mean, I found that having J two Romulto sitting in my catcher spot, it, it, there's something really nice about that, and uh, he provides great productivity. And it's not to me just about um, you know, playing the game the way it was intended, but you can actually find value in catchers. I mean, they're they're good players yeah, yeah. who who play at the catching position. Now, if if you play in a two catcher league and you get called out, yeah, you're going to have to play with lousy guys. I don't get called out. That's my philosophy. Well, yeah, if you know it's something that if it's a position you have to fill, okay, figure figure out the best way to deal with it. And yeah, there's something to be said for having. Uh, Will Smith yep. or Sal Perez uh, or as you mentioned JT Real Muto it, it allows strategy to be to, to come to the front of the game and uh, just finding a way around it rather than dealing with it I don't think that's the right answer so to me if and I know our, the CBS leagues we play in Timmy you, you have to have a guy in your in each spot Otherwise, mm-hmm. you get zero points, right? That, that's that's there's a rule that you check the box, yeah. and that's the rule. I like that rule. I don't like the fact that you know some guy cannot play have a catcher because a major league baseball team, they have to have a catcher, Timmy. They have to have somebody to catch the ball. They have to have a center yeah, fielder. They have to have somebody to catch them. I mean, you're not going to not play. I, I know I'll play two first basemen because I get a lot of production there. And there's two guys sitting over there at first base. They're not going to do that. Well, yeah, and I don't like. Uh, I... I get the idea of going with one catcher and increasing your DH slot, but that's just a lazy way around it, around solving the problem, in my opinion. I like the two catchers. I like I like what it, the limitations and constraints it puts on your team. The strategy it allows for one to yes. play, and yeah, it's part of the game. So, oh. hey, embrace it. Work I agree. With it. Come up, come up with something that. Uh, that works for you and deal with it. Let's embrace our uh, sponsors, Timmy. Here's a word, quick word from our sponsors. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, yesterday, as we were waiting on lumber to be delivered to the house, Timmy, you know, lumber's gotten very expensive. Uh, yes, I, I've heard that. The, the price of our forests has gone up. Yeah, I mean, or the uh, middle, or the middleman that gets it to you, something like that. I don't. I, I mean, I think it's partly the all the forest fires they had in California that that's a problem. Mm. They keep saying it's COVID related, which I'm not sure I totally believe, but okay. And the other mm. kinds of factors. Anyway, it's very expensive. We were waiting on lumber. Uh, the my carpenter had left for the day, so I did a podcast yesterday with Justin, Justin Hughes mm. of. Baseball 365, is that, is that, so we talked about, uh, I heard he finally invited you on, yeah, finally invited me on, I I don't know if I was any good or not, uh, because I was tired, but uh, we talked for an hour about the top 100, Timmy, I'm I'm done, I'm not talking about the top 100 anymore, I'm, I'm sick of it. Who do you have at 83, Rich? <laughs> Just kidding. I think I have them memorized now. It's it's uh, yeah. 82 is, yeah. is is Rodriguez, Luis Rodriguez. 83, I can't remember. But I, I, I actually have some of them memorized now. Because it's not just been Justin. I've done other podcasts. I've done crazy um, radio Zoom calls with you know, radio stations around the country. A lot of ESPN affiliates. I'm so sick of talking about Wander Franco. You can't even believe it, Tim. Like, uh, how many I, I can believe you... it. Yeah, I, I can believe it. Yeah, it's yeah, and yeah, I can see where that gets uh, gets a little tiring. And yeah. yeah, wouldn't it be funny if Wall showed up before Franco? <laughs> <laughs> oh, as far as Wall, yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, oh no, no, uh, t- uh, Taylor. I yeah, exactly. Uh, that that's my deep deep sleeper of of uh, of. From Tampa Bay, I think people don't sleep on Taylor Walls with an S. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Timmy, shall we move to Barry Kaboom Conroy? That's a great name. Yes, uh, Barry's out of New York. Good friend. Oh, great do you guy. know him? Yes, I do know Barry. Yeah, does we're in uh, Dragon Bowl League together. Does he go by Kaboom? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, there's never been any Kaboom in any of our discussions, uh, Rich. Uh, what I'll have the- to ask him, though. What are your projections? This is, this is our Take 10 with Tim, so Tim has to answer all the questions. What are your projections for Javi Baez and Austin Meadows? It's really two questions. Yes, uh, a cut and a boom. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Javier Baez, uh, last year, 222 at-bats, struck out 75 times, walked seven times, stole three bases. The trend, you know, we've now got – in the you know in in the past four full seasons for Baez, uh, twelve stolen bases, ten stolen bases, twenty one, eleven. Uh, the stolen bases, I think we're looking at a you know ten to twelve stolen bases. I think we're looking at a an OBP of somewhere around three hundred at best, possibly lower. A low batting average. He strikes out too much. I'm all out on Javier Baez. All out. Uh, if I had to pro- project something right now, I'd say 25 homers, 10 stolen bases, and a 200 batting average, maybe. Two, 200 batting average, maybe. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, how, how can you strike out 200 times and maintain a good batting average? 
Well, you can't. I mean, you've got to hit the ball yeah. really, really hard, which he does. He's got great bat speed, still has great bat speed. But, I mean, that kind of yeah. stuff catches – I mean, that's why – may I for a moment – I don't want to talk about prospects. Yes. But scouting, when you watch players and, mm-hmm. you know, you see the guy with a ton of swing and miss, but he's still making contact – uh, and all of a sudden that swing gets a little slower, and all of a sudden that swing and misses mm-hmm. starts to pile up. You just know the career is not going to be long, and Javier Baez is a great example of that. A guy that was always able to cheat because of his crazy bat speed. It slows down just a smidge, and all of a sudden he gets exposed, and that 270 batting average goes to 200. Tim is right. Well, yeah, uh, that's the, my my thoughts to a T. I'm I'm staying totally away from Javier Baez. I will not own him on any of my teams this year. And when I talk to talk to agents, this is mm-hmm. a lot of the discussions that we have. I mean, they want to know what the lifetime value that they can. Because here's what they think: I've got to invest in this player, my time, my money, my effort. And yep. when when he makes when he comes up for free agency, is he going to be a is he going to be an earner for me, or is he going to be a guy, you know that you know I'm going to spend all of this money and for the first six years of his career, four years of his career, and also I'm going to lose money in it, and that's how these guys think. So they're trying to figure out and bringing in guys like me and others to try to figure out what this guy's lifetime value projection is going to be. And when you get guys like Hunter Renfro and Javier Baez. It's like, boy, it's going to be a high peak early in his career, and then it's going to fall off. And, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Well, yeah, you know, uh, I'm not sure when Baez is heading into free agency, but it should have been last year, <laughs> at least been. in my estimation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's not. You know, he's, he's looking at next year, uh, 2022, as he's heading into free agency. And if he continues to flail, flail away with a, a 75-7 strikeout-to-walk ratio like he did last year, he's going to have a hard sell ahead of him as more and more teams move into, uh, not all teams, advanced analytics, right? Yeah, but this isn't, 2000, this isn't 2010, 2005, mm-hmm. 15. I mean, it's yeah. where a guy could have this really great statistical year and get a big contract. I mean, general managers almost to a teen are way smarter than that. And again, they're not going to invest five years and 20 million. They're going to invest $100 million in high revised because they know exactly what I know and what the agents know mm-hmm. is it's not going to last. And they don't want to be left holding the bag. It's happened without pool holes. You, you, got, you know all the names, and they just don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, the name that comes to mind for me is Carlos Gomez. Yeah, that, that's a great example. Yep. Because Carlos Gomez yep. had a really high peak for like three years and fell off a cliff. Yep. Because he had no Gone. plate discipline. Yep. He, he could not control the strike zone. But he was so crazy talented and athletic. He could yep. hit anything anywhere for you know a few years. And then it just all caught up to him. Well, you lose one little tick on the bat speed. And all of a sudden, uh, you don't become merely mortal. You become a lot worse than that, right? And here's, here's, here's the sobering thing. Everybody loses bat speed. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, even, you have even to. Even the great Mike Trout will lose bat speed. <laughs> Tim and yes, I haven't lost will. any bat speed. I mean, you, you still. Well, no, I didn't, have any, I didn't have any in the first place. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Lose. Yeah, nothing to lose. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Oh, and what about Austin Meadows? Well, 
I like I like I like Austin Meadows to rebound this year, uh, Rich. I'm not sure to what because we only have basically the one year. Okay, where it wasn't like a half a year too, where he was really good. No, it was a full season in 2019. Okay, yeah. yeah, you know, 530 at-bats, you know, 33 homers, 12 stolen bases, 364 OBP. Strikeouts were a little bit high, but everything looked good. And then then came last year, okay? And, you know, he started the season off with uh, COVID. He ended the season with an oblique injury, okay? So it was not a good year health-wise last year for Austin Meadows. He's only 25 years old, so I can't see why we can't see some semblance of what he did in 2019 plus or minus you know 10 10 to 20 percent right i I can't see why he can't repeat what he did but the problem i that uh, you know those voices in the back of my head keep saying but he plays in tampa bay if he slumps for two weeks do they bring in somebody to replace him and i just can't sort of work through all that and i'm not i think he could very easily Go thirty ninety with a two ninety average, three fifty OBP, ten to twelve stolen bases. But on the other hand, if he slumps for two weeks, he might find himself platooning. So I'm avoiding Austin Meadows, but I think there's a good possibility we see the Austin Meadows we saw in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. You know. I mean. Uh... Okay, I, I will buy that. Just so you know, uh, first half, 2019, he hit 12 home runs. Second half, he hit 21. So yeah, he went, he went he went bananas in the second half of the year. That's why I was suggesting it was a half year. It was good. First, oh. first, first, first half was good. Second half was uh, all-star MVP type of worthiness. But uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I would not be surprised if he returns to 80% of what he was in 2019. Yeah, he's he's only twenty five years old. Yeah. But again, I'm 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 avoiding that situation. It's it's he's not a player that I'm targeting this year. Mike asks, can you fire Hyam Bloom? The Red Sox are really too cheap to pay Ben Attendee six point six million dollars to see if he can regain some value before they trade him. Timmy, we talked about this, but Mike brings up yeah. a good point. I mean, it's uh, yes, they are too cheap to pay Ben Attendee six point six million dollars. That's the answer, Mike. Yeah, Bloom has decided that Benintendi's not worth $6.6 million. That's as simple as it is. Uh, and you know what? Uh, you both could be right. We don't know right now, do we? Mike no. could be right, and Bloom could be very right. And you know, no disrespect intended, Mike, but I'm going with, I'm going with Bloom on this one. I, I'm... I'm... I'm going with the player. I hope that Benintendi, I do own him in one league in full disclosure, but I can care less. I'm, I'm hoping that Benintendi becomes at least half of what he used to be, Timmy. I mean, I, I want him to become something. I mean, he's too, yeah. I, I, I refuse to believe that he fell off a cliff at 26. I would like to think that, but I'm not convinced that it hasn't happened. Matthew asks, Casey Mize or Edward Cabrera in a draft and hold? I'm inclined towards Mize. That's me. That's not me. That's Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to look at Edward Cabrera. Really? In a draft and hold. Yeah, and and the reason for it is I think you're going to pay a bit for Casey Mize. And I, I think Casey Mize has a potential to be a better pitcher than Edward Cabrera. But I like Edward Cabrera a lot, and I think 
the difference in what you pay for both of them, I don't think it's going to be reflected in their final line this year. So Rich took Casey Mize in my draft and hold in the 25th round. I did not get uh, Edward Cabrera. He went in the 29th round. I'll take uh, a, I'll take Cabrera five rounds later. Mm, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm going to take. Uh, actually, was it five rounds? One, two, three, four, four, four rounds later. Um, I, 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 I I like Casey Mize, Timmy. I I don't know what happened last year. I know it's. I mean, I looked at the stats. The splitter mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't working. I think if he gets that if he gets that split working, he's going to become a guy to be reckoned with. So. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think neither one of them is going to see, at the, in a best-case scenario, more than 100 innings pitched. I disagree. I think I, I, I don't disagree with Edward Cabrera. I think Casey Mize is going to be a guy mm-hmm. that's going to start the season for the Detroit Tigers. And I think, I mean, it's a guy who was a f- number one overall pick. It's it's their yeah. guy. They they want him to play. If he's healthy, now if he's not healthy, okay. But if he's healthy, I think he's going to get more than 100 innings, and I think... You know, at some point, it's going to come together for him. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. I, I just think that for this year, I'll take the discount on Cabrera overpaying for Mize. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. We can agree to disagree. Uh, yes. be- before we take a break, the great John Dean. This was a couple of days ago. Yeah. It was Wednesday, Timmy, because uh, Wednesday was mm-hmm. National Pizza Day, yeah. and Maureen and I, or maybe it was Tuesday. One of the one of the days mm-hmm. this week was National Pizza Day, and we actually had pizza in honor of National Pizza Day. So, nice. what is your favorite way to have a pizza? Um, cooked and on a plate. <laughs> I knew that. I knew something like that was coming. <laughs> you, you, you knew it was coming. Yeah, actually, my favorite pizza. I, I like uh, double cheese. I love cheese. I like double cheese. I like chicken. I like bacon and mushrooms. That's my favorite pizza. Wow. So you're a meat guy. I'm a carnivore. Yep, I definitely am. So the pizza we had extra cheese. Uh, I agree okay. with you on the extra cheese. It can't yeah. be. So the, you, you and I might. It's disagree. a tie that binds us. That's it's not either, but I've had extra cheese pizza where it's like eating a block of cheese. I don't like that much cheese. It's like I'm, I'm still okay. Yeah, if you I, want I figured, to I, attempt to spoil me. I figured we'd be uh, Casey Mize and Edward Cabrera, who I'm very high on, by the way. Just like Mize better this year. Um, but I we I we we've developed our favorite pizza is, and you probably won't like this, is the veggie pizza, onions. Yeah. Um, See onions, uh, mushrooms, and yeah. uh, basil leaves, or no spinach, spinach on top of those are the three times and again it's really good. So we've been doing that and having our vegetarian meal with that. Yeah, no, that that's perfectly fine. I'm not big on spinach. I could substitute in there green peppers, but as long as you don't say uh, anchovies and pineapple, I'm oh, okay. Pineapple, with it. pineapple is not right. That's not right I, on a pizza. And you know that was uh, originally created by a Canadian out of Hamilton, Ontario. That's a Canadian pizza, the Hawaiian, and I absolutely detest it. Ugh, not for me. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just going to break for commercial. But it doesn't surprise me. You guys are too, it's too cold up there. 44 minus 44 degrees. Mm. What is that? 
McLeod, uh, come he, on. Yeah, what it is is damn uncomfortable, <laughs> and it, it also means that I don't go outside. You know what? I, I did go outside today. It wasn't quite cold enough where I could throw water in the air and it turned to snow before it hit the ground, but it probably will be a little bit later on in the day. So I'll I'll put that, if I can get the water into snow trick going again, I'll uh, post it up on Facebook. I mean, that's that's. In all due respect, that's ridiculous, Timmy. That's too cold. Yeah, but on a positive note, the bugs aren't bad. <laughs> haven't true. seen a mosquito. Haven't seen a mosquito. <laughs> that's true. It ages, ages. No allergies. Nothing. That's that's. Uh, yeah, there's always a, there's always a positive, but that's cold. And, and oh, it, you, it is cold. It's hard to. It's actually hard to breathe, Rich. It yeah. really is. And if you're out for any length of a, of time, and I know I worked in the, this crap for years, <laughs> um, it's it's tough. It really is. Uh, it, it's everything is slippery. Every you know you you got be very careful when you walk because even snow turns to concrete everything turns to ice it's so cold it's not that fluffy sort of snow everything on the ground like i say it turns to concrete it's hard as a rock it's not fun and and how long does the snow usually lay around now i mean when is it going when are you going to see the green grass of fort francis uh probably mid-april wow yeah, yeah, it'd be somewhere around there. I, I'm, I'm keeping my water running. I, I've, I've, I've lived yeah. through have, having. Well, we've, having we've lived through it with you. I mean, we, stuff. we, we yeah. knew about yeah. that. That's right. You, you were stealing water from your neighbor for months. Remember yeah, well, that? exactly. <laughs> I, I, I've got my cold water downstairs in the bathroom. I've got it running twenty four seven. Just a small trickle, uh, just to take away the chance that I have to go through that again. I don't want to go through that again. No, yeah, no, 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 no. That's, didn't they it's, bury the the pipe like an incredible depth, though? Uh, yeah. The when we had the problem, it was only down eight feet. <laughs> okay, and you say only eight, eight feet? feet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they put the new water lines uh, out in front of the house, they did the water lines about five years ago. Uh, the gentleman that owns my house, he went and angled, and it's now down somewhere between 10 and 12 feet. And what's amazing about that is with this extreme cold after the mild, we could see the frost going down 10, 12 feet, Rich. So let me ask That's you crazy. Let me ask you a morbid question, six feet under. When, when they bury it's, people, Timmy, you can tell me to shut up if this is, if this is too no. much. Do, no, it's, do, do, when they bury people, do they have to go deeper because of the cold? Uh, I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference at that stage of the game. Right? <laughs> okay. But how do they bury people? How do they bury people like this? They don't. They don't. No, it, it happens in the uh, it happens in the spring because the ground is just like concrete. When we had a when a pipe breaks in town, they actually have to get out jackhammers and a huge. Uh, and a huge piece of equipment that's on on tracks. Okay, it looks like a a huge uh, bulldozer or scoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what it's got is a huge bit on the end of it that hammers into the ground. And it's it's solid as concrete. It's like uh, like you go down and I say the frost line's down eight feet or ten feet. That eight ten feet is solid as a rock. There is there's no loose gravel. There's nothing. Right. It's concrete. So, so I, I'm sorry, Timmy. I, I, I get you've known me for years. I get fixated yes. on one thing, and and I, mm-hmm. I, I need yeah. to have answers here. All right. So okay. I, I die in the middle of mm-hmm. winter. I, I don't get buried until the spring. 
do do I have the funeral now, or do does that yes. get stacked? Up? Okay, so I have the funeral, and then my body just gets stacked up somewhere with everybody else, and then they they is there another ceremony for the burial? Yes, there there's always a, uh, there's always a ceremony at the gravesite, the interment. It's called. Yes, that I know. Yes, and the internment is usually put off until spring. Okay, so you'll have a service, like a traditional, like, yeah. sorry to see so-and-so mm-hmm. go, and then, but there won't be the drive out to the burial site and the internment. Then then you get a, like, uh, save the date? I mean, what it's like, do they then call and say, okay, we're now burying so-and-so? Well, the internment, you schedule an internment, and usually what happens, Rich, is it's just for immediate family. Ah, okay. Uh, okay, it's just for immediate family, and, and you uh, and you go from there. Wow. See, I'm not familiar with that. I've never lived in a place where you just couldn't do it all, all together. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. that's strange. So, sorry if I offended you, Timmy, or I offended No, I, not, I not at all. Curious. I was no. curious. My morbid curiosity got the best of me. Like, yeah, and in a lot of cases, there's urns sitting on fireplaces, whatever, until uh, a determination is made as to bur- burial. Yeah, wow. In the event of cremation, right? A yeah. lot of people, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people keep their, well, okay. Now, now we're mm. way off to get to a lot of people. Everybody my, knows this. My, my last dog's in the closet still. <laughs> in an urn. <laughs> I'm sorry. The part of it, part that, part sounded, of it, that sounded very weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's not stuffed with pickles or nothing like that. He's in an urn sitting in the closet. Oh, and he was my best friend. And when I pass away, he's going to be buried with me. Oh, good. That's that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, but, yeah it's uh, uh, the old sentimental side of me, Rich. And part of him was buried with Kathy. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool, too. That's cool, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I don't know how to recover from that, Tim. <laughs> I really it's don't. covered a lot of ground, <laughs> Rich. A lot, a lot of ground. It was yeah. it was a sparky, scratchy. What what was the dog? Scruffy. Name? Scruffy. I remember yeah. Scruffy. Oh, and there's yeah. not going to be a Scruffy Part Two. Uh, no. I I decided. Uh, actually, Kathy and I we both decided after Scruffy moved on that we wanted to spend as much time as we could traveling, and we did for a number of years, going to Arizona. Yeah. And Kathy's parents were in Atacocan at the time; they're now in Thunder Bay. But she you know, she spent a fair bit of time traveling back and forth, visiting with her parents, and the kids in Thunder were both in Thunder Bay. So it just didn't seem right to uh, to have a member of the family that. It just didn't fit our lifestyle. How do you travel constantly with dogs? It's not easy. And especially when you're looking at out of country and, you know, the idea of putting dogs in a kennel. No, that wasn't for me. I, my, my poor Scruffy was traumatized for like three weeks. The one time we put him into a kennel and it was just so sad. And uh, no, so it's not kennels anymore, Timmy. They're spas. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Oh, 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 it's all changed. It's all mm. changed. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all called spas, uh, day camps, spas, oh. and then and then they they sleep over, yeah, and then they oh. charge you like you know a hundred bucks a day, and <laughs> it's crazy. Well, yeah. It costs well, as much yeah. to, to board the dog than it as it does to um, to actually vacation yourself. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no. So we just you know we just decided that it just didn't fit what our lifestyle was going to be moving forward. And I haven't got a dog since I miss having a dog. Oh, love dogs, yeah, love but dogs it's just too. not fair to either me or the dog, right? Yeah, I mean, I hear you. That, I, I got it. So we're 
And we've got, obviously got two dogs, and they go with us everywhere. But if we if we ever travel again, I, I think we're going to one day, right, Timmy? Aren't, aren't we going to be able to do something again with our lives? Uh, then we'll just put, we'll put them in the we'll put them in the the board. We'll board them at the yeah uh, the spa the the spa. Yeah, yes. and, and it's funny when when you go pick them up, uh, the people that mm. work there they just gush mm. at how great the dogs are, and when can they book mm. them again? I'm like, oh, huh? come on, I, I'm not. I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I know they're not that good. <laughs> so. Rich, you know what? Can you adopt me? I need my nails done. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. ask you that. Do you want his nails done? Should he be, uh, you know, should he be bathed and uh, and and fluffed before you pick him up? And and then you pay extra to, for them to play with him. That's yeah, well, I, I could be bathed and fluffed. I'm, okay, <laughs> I'm still right. open for adoption. Okay, all right. Here we go, Tim. Here's Jacob asks, yes. which side is better in a dynasty league? This, I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm curious what you say about this. Chris Bryant, Austin Riley, Alex Kirilov, and Julio Urias, not for uh, Tatis Jr., hmm. not for Mike Trout, but for Kyle Tucker. I got to go with Chris Bryant, Austin Riley, Alex Kirilov, and Julio Urias for Tucker. I got to go for that side. I, I like Kirilov as a keeper. I like Urias as a keeper. And I think Chris Bryant is going to bounce back. And I think you're going to be able to sell him for prospects, draft picks, etc., etc. You'll be able to move Chris Bryant if he bounces back. I like the sum total of those four parts more than I like Kyle Tucker in that trade situation, Rich. I, I can't agree with you more, Tim. I think it's borderline insane for Kyle Tucker. Yeah, it, I like Kyle Tucker a lot. I think I've got him as a top 10 outfielder this year. Okay, yeah. I am real bullish on Kyle Tucker, but you know, Julio Arias, I think, is a top 30 pitcher moving forward. I think Kirilov could end up being a top 25 outfielder a couple of years down the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, between, and you know, Riley will give you some production. Mm-hmm. But if Chris Bryant bounces back, you could probably do real well on that side of the deal. And as much as I like Kyle Chuck Tucker, it's just simply too much for me. Yeah, Way too much. It's too much for me. Uh, the Fair Poll asks, in a two-catcher league, to what extent did you prioritize or value having two solid catchers? Another catching question, Tim. For example, right. using your draft resources to acquire both Austin Nola and Sean Murphy. Thanks for mm-hmm. all the hard work with rankings and the pod. Ah, thank you very much, Fairpool. I I appreciate uh, your kind words. Uh, Definitely, if you can acquire two solid catchers, I think it does provide you an advantage. I like Sean Murphy a lot. I'm not as bullish on Austin Nola, a small sample size. I don't know what we're going to see this year, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as half of his year or as good as the other half, somewhere in between. But uh, if you can find a way to getting two solid catchers I, I think it's a solid plan and i think it's i think it's possible if you gamble on the right two i agree with you totally i, I think having particularly in uh, keeper leagues dynasty leagues okay. having two catchers is just it's just money timmy it's just money uh phony front office asks what are your thoughts on the astros rotation and timmy let me tell you who's penciled in i am looking at your roster resource, otherwise known as Fangraphs, Zach yes. Greinke, Framber Valdez, Lance McCullers, Jose Urquidia, Christian Javier. That's a lot of that's a lot of velocity. <laughs> no, not with Zach yeah. Greinke anymore, but that's a lot of hard throwing young kids out there. I like it. Uh, I think Greinke will be solid. 
Uh, Valdez, you know, we saw in the playoffs what he's capable of. I think Lance McCullers is only going to get better. I, I like Erquidy as a number four type starter. And Christian have have you showed us last year that he belongs. He's only 24 years old, and I think he's only going to get a little bit on the better side. Plus, you know, when you start looking at some of the prospects, I went through and took a look uh, took a look at your rankings, as I always do. You know, they still got that Forrest Whitley kid. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen there? But, you know, Luis Garcia is interesting. Uh Brian Abreu, Tyler Ivey. There's some options down on the farm that they can explore. Now, I don't think any of them are one-two type options, but there's a little bit of depth they can work with. So I like the Astros rotation this year. I think it's undervalued and underrated. Agree with you. Let me ask you a follow-up question, and then there's going to be a follow-up after that. Who is older, Lance McCullers Jr. or Framber Valdez? Framber Valdez is my guess. Who was older? Yeah, I'm going to go with Valdez. No, uh, well, actually, they're Ooh. basically the same age. Oh, okay, uh, I'm. That's shocking to me that uh, McCullers has been around forever, and yeah. uh, Framer Valdez was an older free agent when he was signed. He's only got one year of service time, and uh, McCullers is he's in his sixth year this year so it's fascinating i think most people would say lance mccullers would be much older and he's only two months older well who's older uh, forrest whitley or javier um oh boy they're probably very close to the same age as well yeah they are yeah, yeah. very very close yeah five months separating them javier's a little bit older than whitley whitley's just heading <clears throat> heading into his age 24 season he's far from an aging veteran Zach Granke's 37. I think I acquired him yeah. in, a, in a dynasty league this year. I think I'm trying to try to get into the money. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I like I do like Zach Granke this year. So, uh, yeah. but he's uh, 37. Well, what's the upside potential on Javier, Rich? In your in your opinion, I, d- I don't like it. Um, I, I mean, I think that the upside is. I, how about this? I don't. I think this 2020 will be his outlier year. Or 2020 or 2020 will be his outlier. Yes. Okay. I don't think he'll ever get to that stats per game that he did in 2020 in his career. So you're thinking a number four or five type starter? Yes, I am. Yep. Okay. What do you think? Ah. Uh, I like what he did a lot last year. I, I'm a little more bullish. I'm thinking number three type starter. But I can, I can see where you're coming from. And, yeah, yeah, he posted a, a whip under one. His ERA was 348. He struck out one per inning. When you look at his minor league numbers, uh, you know, how much weight do you put on that 2019 season down on the farm? That was pretty amazing, wasn't it? So was 2018. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't throw all that hard. His FIP is 494. His yeah. batting average of balls in play was 194. His mm-hmm. left on base percentage was 86.2. So, A, all the people that got on the base did not score. Right. He was totally lucky out there. And all the stats say he was probably at a run and a half 
worse. So all of a sudden you're talking at a five ERA guy, and all of a sudden he doesn't look so doesn't look so appealing anymore. Yeah, I agree. How do you explain the 170 strikeouts and 113 and two thirds at uh, over A, Double A, and Triple A ball in 2019? Like those are off the charts, silly. What, what contributed to that huge strikeout rate, uh, Rich? Let's go look. Yeah. Christian, uh, Christian Javier. Here we go. Yes. Let's take a look at his stuff, shall we? Looking at his yeah. delivery, it's very much an inverted W, so that's not good. All right. So we're looking at a fastball that sits 92 miles an hour with yep. a decent life on it. Uh, you're looking at a nasty slider at 2,600 spin rate. Ooh, that's uh, it then. Yeah. With 32% whiff rate on that. So, yeah, yeah okay. it's, a, it's a slider that is his money pitch. Uh, yeah. And he's also got a pretty good curveball. Changeup is pretty firm. Doesn't throw it that mm. often. So it's a slider and curveball. So he's got great off-speed pitches and a decent fastball. So his stuff is pretty good, Tim. Okay. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I was just looking. You know, a double A that year in seventy-four innings, he struck out one hundred and fourteen. Yeah. Like that's that's sick good. You know, with a two oh seven ERA. It. Uh, it's that didn't uh, that didn't carry through though. Yeah, to the major leagues. I mean, he he struck out less no. than a a batter in inning. So usually, when you have that kind of level of success, you've got a pitch that people can't handle. It's usually a changeup. But yep. uh, I was you know, thinking the changeup. Yeah. Clearly, his sliders is pretty nasty so so he's got good stuff timmy uh but you know it's it's a it's a below average velocity on the fastball spin rate is at 68 percent, so it's a slightly above average fastball okay so, but that slider is his bread and butter pitch and his curveball rotations at 84 percent. so that's also including the slider so it's good so so people hmm. could not square him up last year uh right. but, but we'll see timmy um, okay. All right, let's do one more question and then call it quits. Uh, okay, Travis asks, do you guys do many auction drafts? If so, what's your preferred strategy, studs and duds, or try for a more balanced approach for a 10-team league? What would you tell Travis? For a 10-team league, Travis, what you want to do is you want to spend like a drunken sailor. Okay, and acquire one or two of the top five bats. You want to acquire one or one at least of the top three pitchers, either Cole, DeGrom, or Bieber. And you want to spend what it takes to get them. Then what you want to do is you want to sit there. You want to bring a pillow, okay, uh, maybe a footstool, okay, have lots of fluids, because for about the next hour and a half, you're not going to do much. You're going to sit there and you're going to watch everybody spend. And then what you're going to do is you're going to move into the draft in the mid-stage and have a free-for-all because at that point in time, you'll have a little bit more money and you'll be able in a 10-team league to fill in all the blanks with very, very good players at next to nothing. That would be my advice, Rich. Totally agree. And uh, 10-team leagues are all-star all leagues. you got to have yeah. big-time players. Yeah, uh, you play it differently when you when you've got uh, fifteen team leagues or fifteen team uh, mm -hmm. leagues, or if you've got an only league, which is I think is more interesting for auction leagues, where the oh, is. the yeah. pool is much smaller. So therefore, you've got to really manage your money better. I, I, that's why yeah. that's where I think auctions are the most fun. Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, the strategy and the actual. 
bidding when you get into only leagues because your player pool is so limited. Okay, uh, it takes on a, a degree of importance that doesn't exist in a mixed league. In a mixed league, your pool is larger than the number of slots you have to fill. So it, it has a tendency to drive the value of players up a little bit beyond expectations. Is that the right way of putting it? Yeah, so he says stars and scrubs. I, I would just yes. recharacterize and say superstars, and you're going to be left with pretty good players to pick from. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. In a, yeah, in a 10-team league, it's not uh, – It's not uh, like you said, it's not stars and stars and scrubs. It's superstars, as you put it. And very good players. Yeah. yeah. But, but you can't sit back and avoid the uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. or Mookie Betts or Juan Soto. You can't sit back and let other people overpay for them because then you'll end up doing exactly the same overpaying for the next tier down. Yeah. That, that's not going to build your winner in the long run, uh, in my opinion. Let's take our final break. Get back. Let's talk about what we're going to do on Sunday, Tim. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. First of all, catchers and pitchers report on Tuesday and Wednesday, Timmy. I, I My suggestion for Major League Baseball is they should make it one day and they should make a big deal about it. And uh, instead of letting teams decide when catchers, pitchers and catchers report, just have it a certain day and make it a... Yeah, make it a big deal. Yeah, I would like this year for them to get together the uh, uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association. I'd like them to get together in one room and come up with a plan that actually is beneficial to the fan. How's that? Uh, well played there. Uh, so we've got that this week. We'll talk a little bit about that on Sunday. And then we're, we're doing your outfield rankings, Tim. And uh, yeah. you said you have them done. Ah, pretty, pretty much, yeah. You want to know who uh, is I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm gonna, eleven on my list. <laughs> I'm going to ask two. I'm going to ask number eighty-three. That's what you ask me, and okay. then tell me what the last guy is. Number eighty-three is Alex Dickerson of the Giants. Oh, very good, interesting. So he is. So you're suggesting in a 15-team league, he is a 15 times five, a 75. He's just a he's a bench uh, outfielder. Yeah, I've got him stuck right between Scott Kingery and Justin Upton. Scott Kingery, wow! See, I thought you liked Scott Kingery a little bit more than that. Uh, I did, but he doesn't like me to the same level, apparently. <laughs> That's true. Okay, who was the last guy? Ah, uh, the last guy on the list at 211, and I think it's very fitting, is Jonas Suspedes. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm surprised it's not Yasiel Puig. They might be, they might be there together. <laughs> so, uh, on, on Suspedes' farm or ranch. Yeah, I, ranch. I still have Puig ranked probably too high and i'm probably going to make an adjustment to that uh, prior to sunday i've still got some tw- i got still got some time to do some tweaking and uh, you know it's you look at the talent of puig okay and the talent says he should be a top 40 outfielder mm-hmm. but is anybody gonna gonna sign him you know if you know we're we're at the stage where they report next week and 
it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of interest in Yes, he'll week. Warren Oates is welcome. Yeah. Thanks. I would think it's a minor league invite. He'll get a minor league invite. I, it doesn't look like he's going to get a major league deal. Maybe he will, but I don't know. Well, again, there's there's some baggage that you acquire when you acquire Yasiel Puig, and right now it appears as if teams aren't interested in picking up that corresponding baggage, right? I agree. Timmy, great show. Uh, we went a little bit longer than I wanted to, an hour and 20 minutes, but, hey, great content for our listeners, and as always, you bring it. Ah, thanks so much, Rich. It was a lot of fun, and really looking forward to Sunday, and you know, tearing the outfield apart. There are uh, there are a ton of names, and guaranteed there'll be some very very interesting discussion. See you on Sunday, Tim. Be well, my friend.